Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. Two rounds of fantasy footy in the can and now one of the most important rounds of fantasy footy are headed for you. Where in Dream Team and Supercoach, you're on the bubble. The prices are about to move in AFL Fantasy. You've already got a couple of movements, but there is a lot to talk about on this episode. Rids is back for another podcast. Hello, mate. How are you? Present. Thank you. Yes, and while we're doing the coaches panel roll call, Mini Monk, the MVP of the preseason, is here. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good and good. I'm also present here as well, although I'm not quite as uh, short of words as Rids is today. Okay, well, I'm looking for oh, this will get good when it gets to the Patreon questions if Rids is at this direct moment. Speaking of Patreon, if you want to become a Patreon, you get your questions on the podcast, you get access to a bunch of hidden groups, uh, additional content, including rand reviews and a bunch of other stuff. All the details, if you want to join the Patreon supporter group, you can find that at coachespanel.tv. Someone that joined that premium tier just the other day is Ryan Core. Thank you to Ryan for your support of the Coaches Panel in 2020. All right, boys, there's a lot I want to get through for you. Not just answering some Patreon questions. We want to talk about Jack McRae. Want to talk about Will Setterfield. Want to talk about Jack Zebel. Want to talk about Jacob Hopper with the news officially that he will not be named for at least round three. The club are quite confident round four. Want to talk about these Uber premiums. Want to talk about mid prices and then some different strategies across formats. But Mini Monk, right out of the gate. I want to throw to you, um, it is the round where, as I said just moments ago, Dream Team and Supercoach were about to get our prize movements. If players have played three games, that is when it triggers the prize movements. So my question to you is this, uh, what's the greatest priority for trades for us this week? We said it last week, but I think it's important before we go anywhere else, we frame the episode strongly with some caveated, strong, generalized advice. So it's probably across all formats, but probably very tailored to DT and SC. What's the priority of trades for us this week? If we want to get 22 premiums onto our field by the buyers and to run them through to the end of the season, cash generation is the priority. And the only players that can, well, players can generate cash in a number of ways, but the players that have the easiest path to cash generation is the rookies. You have to have all of the must-have rookies across the formats. And talking the likes of, you know, Jinbi, McKenna across some formats, Constable across formats, Wilmot, Cowan, uh, Ashcroft, McKenzie, Hollands, Davey, Baker in some formats, Pedler, Chandler, Siegel. Yeah. Those are the priority. You've got to have nine out of those 10 or so players because they are going to generate so much cash, especially in Dream Team and Supercoach this week when they're on the bubble, their break even. Some of them are in the negative 80s, 90s, even negative 100. They're going to go up over 100K in Dream Team this week and 60 to 70K in Supercoach this week. The injection in cash into the game is what allows you to be able to get to those premiums later in the game. So it's fine that you might want to jump onto mid prices that are going up as well. Sure. But the priority should still be on the rookies because they've just got the easiest path to being able to generate that cash fast. And then you can cull them and then you can put that money on top of mid prices or on top of underpriced premiums 
and get to your premium completed team faster than anyone else. We've got yeah. to frame the discussion around that. And I think that that's been missed this week. Yeah, I think it's a really good one. And then probably reads the secondary equal priority would be if you've got some players that are injured and missing multiple weeks, I, I say that deliberately around the hopper piece, although I'm open to the conversation around trading for him, where 44% of super coaches have him, so a highly owned mid-price guy. Is the equal urgent priority reads get rid of these guys that are going to miss multiple weeks, such as Steele and Gorn? Yeah, of course it is. But again, I I 100% agree with the rookies, okay? Now, you mm-hmm. might have been actually lucky or you might have been proactive and traded in a couple last week. Sure. In the, just in, it's the guys that I'm really interested in in this one is guys like Nick Dacos, like where their price hasn't actually changed yet. So mm-hmm. with Nick Dacos per se, let's say Supercoach, now, we're looking at potentially the number one top three defender for Supercoach for the year. Like, this is the time to jump on right now because if you've got everything else aligned and that's the rookies, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what Mini Monk just said then. If you haven't got one of those key rookies, you've got to get them no matter what. Totally. Okay? Now, if you've got those names and you're sitting there going, tick, to every single name that was just read a minute ago, mm-hmm. the next priority after that is Nick Dacos, like those wow. types, okay? Because you're not going to get them at the price they are right now. You're going to have to probably spend an extra 100000 in a couple of weeks' time to get them at the higher price point. So he's the next priority or guys around that same mark. Now, there could be someone in the midfield that I'm missing or the forward, whoever it is, okay? Sure. But who cares? Using a name to unpack a concept. I understand yeah. that. Uh, thanks, MJ, for explaining Thank you. that. I wasn't quite sure what I was saying then. <laughs> That's fine. I'm here to do something. Now, Everyone is talking about mid-prices, yeah, and cash generation right now. And mm-hmm. I think that's all been driven a little bit around AF, AFL fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. a lot of people are now playing multiple formats. Like years gone by, they haven't. Um, or they've had one in particular or two in particular. However, they've done it, they've done it, okay? Mm-hmm. This year, more than ever, I'm seeing a lot of AFL fantasy theories floating into super coach and dream Drilled team. into the other formats, sure. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And I'm even hearing around the place old school versus new school thought process, philosophies, however they want to say it, that's mm-hmm. how it's been done. Sure. So we're seeing a lot of people merging the two. So right now, this week in AFL Fantasy, it's really intriguing me because we're looking focusedly, focusing really hard on the mid-prices due to mm-hmm. no rookies because um, like Really, we should have got those rookies in the last couple of weeks with the misses. Look, if you didn't get them last week and didn't have at least six of those names that Mini Monk read out earlier, you're probably more on the casual side and less likely to be listening to this podcast anyway. So, yeah, I think you're right. You can assume in AFL Fantasy, eight, nine, if not ten of those 15 names that Mini Monk just ran through are all in. And MJ, we've played for years across all these formats. Yes, we have. It's very difficult to actually separate that. So if you're focused on AF, like rightfully on the mid prices, this, 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 like in that world, 
you're forgetting, and Mini Monk just said it a minute ago, the rookies are getting missed in the Super Coach and the Dream Team discussions because the focus has been mid-prices in AFL Fantasy. And it's getting hard to separate them. But I'm with Mini Monk right now. If you don't have Chandler, if you don't have um, Jinby, if you don't mm-hmm. have Sheasel, if you don't have McKenzie, if you don't have Oscar Baker even, mm-hmm. Ollie Hollands, mm-hmm. go get them. Like, don't muck around with this. Don't even think. And if anyone says to you that the cash generation from a center field is going to match what it is from a Chandler, boom, boom, they're wrong. Okay. They're (laughs) absolutely wrong. Now, well, you need center field to keep going 125 plus for the next six weeks to make that happen, don't you? Well, I was just going to say, it may actually happen. The likelihood is. Pretty, pretty, pretty low. Sure. Because Chandler only really needs to go 60s to hit that $150,000, $200,000 mark off growth. Like, sure. And we've seen it many times before. She's all won't need much to make 100000 in this first price rise. No, like, no, no. You know? So the fact is, these mid-prices are going to have to go a crazy amounts to make the same cash gen, yeah? You look at the ownership statistics or I should say the trade-in and trade-out statistics in AFL Fantasy, for example. Mm. The top six players that are bought in this week are mid-prices and premiums. The most traded-in rookie this week is the one who's only played one game in Samson Ryan, who is someone I probably wouldn't be going out of my way to get. No. And then the next ones are, are rookies that players should be bringing in in Chandler, And that might be wrong. I'm not sure it's just as simple that you need to get onto them. I think you need to nail the rookies first because, you know, a Nick Dacos, a Jack Siebel, an LDU, where is that cash generation going to come from in the long run? I mean, LDU is nearly priced at 100 already. Dacos is priced at 93. Yeah, okay, you could see him doing 100 for the rest of the season, but that's seven points of price upside. Correct. It's not that much. And, you know, people are worried about these players getting away from you. The players that are going to get away from you are the really cheap mid-prices, like Warple or or maybe Callahan if he hadn't had a bad week last week. It's not these really, really expensive ones that could become out-and-out premiums. You don't win the season jumping on the likes of a Nick Dacos this week. Now, my point with that, and I'm going to slightly jump back a little bit. No, it's helping people. It's good. I 100% agree Nick Dacos could potentially be the number one defender this year in Supercoach by 10 points. Sure. Yes. Yep. Potentially right now, like he's going to be very hard to be tagged, yeah? Like, I mean, I know things slow down. I know the weather comes in. I know teams are going to focus on him a lot more as he keeps going. But right at this point in time, and we can only give advice for right now, there is potential. He's going to be 10 points better than the next defender. Yeah, sure. So if you don't own Nick Dacos this week, it's going to in be super very – In super coach again. It's going yes. to be very, very hard to get him. Okay? And he can take your season away from you because you know what? His high ownership right now mm. means – I and it's going to be much higher in the top 100, you know? Mm. I can guarantee you now, he's going to be a high, high, high. He might be 40% across the he's format. 45% he's, across the format. 
he might be 80% in the higher rankings right that would now. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so um, you're actually sitting there going, all right, I need something really, really amazing to happen for me, not for Nick Dacos or anyone else, but maybe he gets tagged. Maybe he something happens in the game of football, you know, like that impacts. Maybe he gets a knock and he goes off for two quarters. I need something that's absolutely to come out. Like I hate those – I hate that um, – you were talking about it last week, um, mini month, like the risk profiles. Sure. Yeah. Radio. I actually think it's more risky not to own Nick Dacos in Supercoach right now than going the other way. Yep. Yes. I think that's a fair call. So we need to be really careful when we're talking about a lot of these players and talking about what fell on that. It's yeah, very correct. tricky when players are playing multiple formats. I know there's a lot of overlap between. Supercoach and Dream Team in terms of the way the pricing works and the scoring is different between those two and it's the same between AF and DT. When I'm saying the Dacos can't take away your season, I mean in AF. Yes. But in Supercoach, he 100% can because you haven't had those price movements yet. Yeah, Correct. Correct. It's really good This is where it gets advice. tricky, yeah, MJ? So if mm. people are trading into mid-prices in AFL Fantasy... And they're playing super coach this week and they don't have rookies and they're trading in like the numbers are suggesting. Mm. This is a problem, yeah? Well, the cash generation that Mini Monk alluded to just five minutes ago gets stunted very, very quickly because generally the best cows we get from a cash generation perspective are these ones that start the year. Um, history would say that year on year that for the most part, the best cows are the ones we're getting now and to opt out of them to get on a setter field to get on a zebel to get on a warple and, and as perfectly valid as those trades might be by the way depending on the team to opt out of a chandler oh i don't i don't like that for their benefit i do from a rankings perspective selfishly because i'll breeze past you but in terms of trying to help you get to where you'd like to at the quickest point I agree. I think the format caveat is helpful. So Dacos, we're saying, let's spend a few more moments talking about him now before we pivot onto some other players. And and then I want to deep dive into some mid prices with you. We're saying in Supercoach, he can take a season away from you. So let's get practical to help people. Is it worth a restructure to take a premium to him? Is it worth getting off a guy that's a close to premium, let me put a name on it, a Ridley, who was a popular almost there and has done it before? Or do we need to do a one up, one down to get him? What, what's your boy's take on the valid thought process people should be using on how to get into Nick Dacos if they're one of the 55% without him? I think it really depends on what the structure of your team is because if you're only running the two defensive premiums like a lot of teams have in Supercoach, mm -hmm. I think you have to get one of those cheaper value options you have down back up to him. And that's going to call for a restructure. Mm. And plenty of people have got a forced trade with someone like Steele or someone like Gorn. Mm -hmm. And plenty of people are looking at other options that we might be discussing later on in this podcast, such as McRae mm -hmm. and using him as the pathway to generate coin. I think if you've got someone like Ridley at D3 though, or... Another example might be someone like Hayden Young. Yeah. Moving sideways from them onto Dacos is a valid option. Yep. 
It's a one-trade maneuver. You're able to still fix out other spot fires that might exist in your team, and it doesn't affect your structure too much. You're still going to retain the same number of premium options, probably. You're mm-hmm. still going to have roughly the same structure. You're still going to be in a fairly strong position. So I think that those are the two main pathways, and I think that that's the, the safer way to play the game. Reads anything from you before we move on? Yeah, so I would I would say to people, and it's never too early to plan, MJ, never at all. And I know we're going to talk things later on and everything else, but let's just look at that one last one, Young. Okay, mm-hmm. moving Young to Dacos. Now, Young's got a buy round of the first buy round, round 12. Mm-hmm. Dacos is round 15, 14, sorry. Yeah. That makes a hundred percent sense, yeah. Two that extra doesn't games. really. That's not going to break your buy structure no. at all, okay. No. That actually makes it a lot of sense. You got an extra game to the buy, you know, so on and so forth. We've been through that many, many times on many, Absolutely. many pods. Now, if you look at a Ridley, Ridley has the same buy round as Dacos, so Hold that just... makes a hell of a lot of sense too. Yeah. So I 100% agree. That's the easy path into it. Now, what about Doherty down? This is where it gets interesting, yeah? I would think that's absolutely scary if you go Doherty yep. down because Doherty, like I know we're talking about Dacos taking the season away in Supercoach, but surely Doherty, if he gets the right... <laughs> Like, I mean, it's not like he hasn't got the role. Mm-hmm. I know that he's been impacted because of the games that have been played. It's only been sure. two games, though. So. This guy's got history. Like, what can you do with that extra 100,000? Yeah, well and good. But Doherty's going to be pretty much locked in to a top four or five. He was 110 in round one across the formats, I think. So Yeah, so let's not go jumping at shadows and making drastic moves like that. But going one of those lower, lower names, Ridley and so on up, makes a hell of a lot of sense to me. The guy you got that was hoping to become a premium now, but to Minimunk's point, is a one-trade 20-30k manoeuvre and gets you the guy that you think you did. So let's talk about these mid And MJ, just wait a sec, though. I want to make one more thing. Please. That means the unique matchups, okay, against the opposition, good. like, and I'm talking about the higher ranked teams, mm. isn't Ridley v. Dacos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't want it to be Ridley v. Doherty either by going no. Dave Doherty down. Nope. What you're hoping to do is actually go, you know, I'm on a parity now because I've got Doherty and Dacos and get find a better unique matchup that you like better. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice little bit of caveat advice there. So we've talked about mid-prices a lot. And again, this this is more a general conversation, but we will hit some format specifics. Um, where is that line of how many, of too many mid-prices is probably the better way to frame it in terms of trading into and what you've already got right now? Um, when do you move into that? You mentioned risk profiles before Rids and Mini Monkey brought this up last week. And I think Will Setterfield's probably at the very centerpiece of this as a conversation. There's others, absolutely. But he's looked sensational. Let, let's all be really yeah. honest. He's looked brilliant. He's done very, very well across the format. He's already made a ton of money in fantasy, and that's only going to continue. 
while in Dream Team and Supercoach, the money's there to be made. And at Supercoach, she is priced at quite a tempting price point where I think it's only like 150K from the cash cow um, top price and away you go. So, so my question to you both is, maybe not Will Setterfield specific, although I'm sure we'll get to him in a moment, is how many mid-prices is too many? We, not in your starting squad because we're past that point now, but to trade into knowing what you've already got. How many is too many? And when does the risk start to pop? So the risk in, oh, you go. No, you go, no, you go first. You jump in. You, you go. <laughs> Obviously, increasing your risk profile by bringing in mid prices is, you know, it's part of the game. You, sure. you, you pick mid prices because you think they can get you points and they can get you cash. And every single one that you bring in increases that risk profile. But the amount that it increases depends on which mid-prices you already own mm. and the ownership of them. So, for example, someone like uh, Warpool and AF and DT is very, very highly owned. He's had a good couple of weeks. People aren't trading into him, though, because people already own him. Mm. Whereas someone like Setterfield, he isn't owned by nearly as much of the conversation. He's had two really good weeks. He's priced, you know, over 700,000 in AF this week, which is pricing him at about an 80 average, 85 mm. average. If you can see him continuing to do that, that's, you know, not a huge risk profile. But if he reverts back to a 90 or a 95 average, that's an increase in your risk profile. Mm. And the way people are bringing about that risk with the mid prices is by trading premiums down to them. Let's give them a One of them. McRae. The two, yeah, McRae and Steele. I'd say sure. McRae and Steele to Setterfield will be the most popular trade this week. Well, those sure. two will be the two most popular trades this week. And that's where the risk starts to come in because you're trading a premium player or a player that you thought was a premium at the start of the year to a player that is breaking out, has had two big games. You're trying to get onto the price rise but you don't know how long the sugar ride's going to last. Mm. And it could last all the way up to the buys. It could last all the way for the end of the season. But if that sugar hit dies this week and he pops a 60 and you're left with a mid-pricer who is now stagnant in price and you're down a captaincy option and you're probably going to have to be moving off of that mid-pricer pretty quickly before they start to lose coin again, that's very, very hard and that's a very difficult situation to be in so you need to know that the mid prices that you currently own are going to continue to perform at the rate that they are and the more mid prices that you have the less confidence you have in that being a fact and what i was going to jump in and say before was i would suggest to people take a screenshot of your starting team, okay? Now, it doesn't need to be a screenshot per se because, like, sure. I know we're round three. Hmm. But just write it down, your starting team. Now, break it down to premium, mid-prices, and rookies, okay, as a structure. Mm -hmm. You spent all pre-season getting comfortable with your team structure. That's, that's probably as much as you want. Like, so if you've got... If you wanted to, let's just throw some names. You might have wanted a Sheed. You might have wanted mm -hmm. a Braun. You might wanted um, someone else, Warple, mm -hmm. Callahan. I mean, mm -hmm. Callahan, I probably refer to more like in AFL fantasy as a more of an expensive rook. Um, mm. Whereas in Dream Team and Supercoach, he's more, 
into the mid price range, okay, to start sure. with. Um, just the way the pricing works, which is a bit funky at times. Um, work it out because that's probably your appetite, yeah? If you started with three mid prices in the midfield, then that's probably as far as you want to go. But if you didn't have any in the forward line and you're thinking that you're going to go and grab a Zebel now and you're going to go grab an, you know, you might not have had any in the defensive line. You might have been planning to have Yo all year. And so you're, you're happy to bring in a day, mm. you know. Sure. That's your appetite though. But don't, but understand this. Because you're trading into a mid price, it doesn't mean you're going to get those two pop scores that they've had in round one and round two. You've missed that. Yeah. You know, and in AFL fantasy, it's really intriguing. Setterfield, do people actually believe Setterfield's going to be a season long keeper? If they do, that means they're expecting him to score 100 plus, yeah, from mm-hmm. now to the end of the year, not for the year. And we've made Correct. this point as well, MJ, because you've missed the 125 or 127, 122, 130, and whatever AF, yeah. it was. Yeah. But you've missed those scores. So if he if you expect him to score 100 for the year, guess what? He's going to be scoring less than 100 between now and the year. Correct. Like, So you've got to do it from now to the end of the year. The scores are actually going to contribute to your team. This is the Good challenge. Advice. So uh, I'm curious because um, to help people and, and help me talk through this thought process of your, your risk appetite, what happens if you've noticed something in the game and you've realised you've made a mistake in your starting squad. Now, that might be starting with a McRae, quote, unquote, calling that a mistake. Missing a structural piece and not having the mid-price mid in a set of field or something like that. So what's the difference between Rids um, being stubborn and keeping the faith versus seeing something in the game and what your team's doing and the need to make necessary adjustments? Talk people through the difference between the two. So why did you notice that mm. what, what makes you uncomfortable? Is it something you saw in the game or was it something you score you saw in the score? Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. was it something you saw on a Twitter? <laughs> was it something you saw in a group chat? Like actually get down to the crux of it and go, what did I see that made me uncomfortable? And I'm not talking about one game. We've got two games of data now. Yeah. Now, if you've seen something in round one that wasn't quite right, okay, and then round two it comes back and, you know, says, yes, it wasn't right, then guess what? Every chance you just don't like what you're seeing and you need to make a move. Mm. But if you see something in round one and you were okay with it, Okay, and then in round two, something happens. You go, oh, no, I didn't like that. You're jumping at shadows to a point because guess what? Round three doesn't mean they're going to continue the same stuff in round two, yeah? McRae uh, mm. is probably a name to throw in at that piece. Well, well potentially. Was, potentially mm-hmm. It's only potential, okay? But let's just let's get down to it because, like, all I'm hearing is negativity around McRae. I sure. 100% mm. agree with everyone that's – being negative about it okay but guess what his coach is a superstar coach like he's he's made finals six out of eight years he's won a premiership he he knows what he's doing he's trying to win a game of football 
He's not going, I'm going to play McRae up forward and I'm going to take him out of the CBAs so I can break your fantasy team. He's not saying that <laughs> no. at all. You know? No, now, he's probably he's been... And, you know, he's a coach. He's a human being. He might be out of form. He might be making mistakes too. Sure. He might be learning about what the team looks like with no Dunkley in it. He might sure. be looking at plan B, plan C. There might be a little bit of transition, but I can guarantee you now, they got smashed on the weekend, MJ. They smashed, did. yeah? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying this to change anyone's mind. What I'm going to do, though, is at the end of it, I'm going to tell people to suck it up. Like, (laughs) the thing is, (laughs) McRae is a midfielder that has years of history of scoring well. 110 across the formats for years. Okay. Hmm. Yes, he had a shocking, shocking game last week. His coach had a shocking game too, yeah? A lot of players on the dogs had a bad day. You don't think someone's going to tap Bevo on the shoulder when they've reviewed this tape and for the millionth time this week and say, hey, Bevo, why'd you do that? Like, you know, like it's not going to stay. Like, how about we don't pick eight halfback flankers this week and we actually pick someone that's a little bit more creative? And guess what? We've already seen Arthur being debuted. Arthur Jones, Announcement yeah. coming through. Yeah. Straight away we go, oh, radio, there's a change coming, Yeah. And Bevo came out and said he's going to get inventive. Guess what's inventive for Bevo? You're calling him crazy, people. Straight inventive back. Inventive is players in the right about positions. playing players <laughs> in the, their favourite position. That's inventive for Bevo. So it might not actually be anything else but that. But guess what, everyone? If McRae doesn't suit your, float your boat, okay, just get rid of him, okay? It's a trading game. But yep. Don't jump on and whinge like a pork chop when he comes out and plays midfield with 80% CBAs and scores 120, saying, oh, I've yeah. been bevoed again. No, guess what? Bevo mm. doesn't have control of your You bevoed yourself, yeah. You bevoed yourself, <laughs> yeah. you know? But anyways, that's all I wanted to call. No, that's good. So, Mini Monk, talk, let's talk about Jackson McCray, and then I want to come back to some of these mid-prices again. If you're trading mm. him out, is it someone you must be – the, assum- the assumption you started, McRae, is he's probably someone that you are happy to put the VC or C on most weeks over the first four to five weeks of the year where your yep. team has the least amount of options. So can you trade McRae down, and let's use Setterfield as an example, to help mm-hmm. make some cash to get up to a Dacos, uh, to get up to a Zeeble, to stock up with a day or whatever it is. Can you kind of do one premium down to two mid-price guys and hope for the best? Or must it be a move into the elite big territory of premium midfielders like Clary, Laird, Brayshaw and Bont in Supercoach? Of course you can move him down. Anyone can move anyone to any player they want to. The question really is, should you move him down? And that is such a tricky question to answer. And for me, I feel like the best way to answer that is, do you still have captaincy options in your team that you are comfortable with? Mm. Let's say, for example, in AF, do you have one of those big three already? Do you think that you can rely on putting the vice-captaincy or captaincy on the likes of Taranto, Doherty, Dunkley, English, Marshall, and not be running a premium midfielder and live with that for three or four weeks. Because mm. chances are, if you trade him out, you're not going to get a bona fide 
top eight midfielder that you can trust with a VC or C until at least round six or round seven. Mm. That can be scary. We talk about increasing our risk profile. That's really increasing the risk profile. We saw on the weekend, all three of them pop really big games. Brayshaw went at nearly 130 or 120-odd in mm-hmm. the formats. You know, if Laird went 140-odd. Across the formats. Oliver went 40-odd, 140-odd. Yeah. You had the VC and C on one of those players compared to, say, if you had it on McRae this week. That was the difference between people moving up in rank and people moving down in rank this week. Mm. It was really, a lot of it was actually not who you had on field, but it was who you had the captaincy on. So you've got to be really, really confident in your captaincy choices or your ability to make the good choices with the players that you have available in order to take that risk. Because yes, you are maybe getting a rookie off, getting onto two players that should outscore, you know, McRae and a rookie, but you're down a captaincy option. And when we're so thin on those options early on in the season, it is, you know, going from four players to three players is bigger than going from 12 to 11. Yeah, it's good. Rids, anything from you on that one? Nah, mate. <laughs> nah, oh, fair enough, too. Um, I, I was intrigued, and, and I might get your take on this, Rids. There was a name that Mini Monk intentionally left off his captaincy run, and that was Josh Dunkley. Um, that was not done by accident. Um, what have you seen on Josh Dunkley's past two weeks at Brisbane? Uh to suggest that maybe Dunkley isn't a VCC option. Well, I think you could probably still roll the VC on him, but people probably had him in their starting squads of going, ah, he'll be one of my captain guys if I need it. So to your eyes, can you put the captaincy across the formats on Josh Dunkley in this current Brisbane team? Okay, so I think you could put the VC on him. I Mm -hmm. think 100% you could put the VC on him because you got someone else to fall back to. Sure. He's playing a defensive mid-role at the moment. He's playing very good team role, you know, for the Lions, and they're actually being okay. Mm. And he's played this before anyway, and he's actually scored well playing this for the Dogs. But there is potential here. I don't know if I'd feel really comfortable having him as the captain, though, because we saw on the weekend, yeah, he played – he was probably their most influential midfielder in that game of football. And that wasn't because he was getting um, 40 touches and making 100 tackles. He was actually blocking guys away from winning the ball from the Mm. opposition. He was actually playing a real team role. I just don't think I could go the captaincy route. Mm-hmm. Now, we all expected him to go 120, okay, in the preseason. Maybe we were a bit misguided because he sure. actually was brought to the Lions to play this role. Mm. You know, he was pretty much a better version of Jared Lyons the last couple of years. So, so I mean, there is a purpose why Brisbane Lions chased him. We probably should have realised that, you know, earlier on. But that's what I would suggest anyway with Dunks. No, it's good. I, I would make one more argument for Dunkley here, mm. and that is the opposition argument. Yep, that's fair. He has come up against, you know, pretty tough opposition in the first two rounds in terms of being able to score. And you can see that from the team totals in, in AF and DT mm. for what they've been able to score. It's been in the mid-1400s. And the Dogs, they're normally in the mid-1600s as a team. 
sorry, it's not the dogs. The, the Lions, Lions normally yeah. mid 1600s. They're normally a pretty good team when it comes to scoring. And then when you look at who they're coming up against this week, you know, it's not the easiest matchup in terms of on the field, but in terms of fantasy scoring, the dogs don't really care what you do in terms of with your ball movement. Mm-hmm. Never has shown that he doesn't care if the teams will chip it around or if they play a stoppage game. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lions rock up, rack up 15, 16, 1700 points this week as a side combined. And so, you know, if you go by the market share argument, that's going a little bit of rounds in the last few months, mm-hmm. that can only mean good things for someone like Dunkley because he is about the second or third highest scorer for the Lions and easily could be the number one for the year. And he's got the perfect role to be able to score well. So, look, he's probably not an outright captaincy option because we've just got that lack of certainty. But sure. as we know, he's the type of player that can go 180 on his day because yep. he's done it before. Oh, and let so me, I, let me yeah. throw this back at you, Mini Monk, right now. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know the Bulldogs play in the first game of the round, so mm-hmm. that makes it a very easy choice for VC. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's throw this around and do a hypothetical. If they were making, if they were the last game of the round, and your VC went ninety or sub hundred, would you feel comfortable putting the C on him at this point in time? No. In Supercoach, I'd be okay with it. Supercoach, maybe, but in AF and DT, no, I wouldn't. Mm. But, but I think it's a VC argument, and I think there's a yeah. very, I, I think the caveat needs to be made that it's a vice captaincy option because, you know, you typically want to captain two players or vice captain and captain two players that you think can pop big scores. Mm. I still think that Dunkley can pop a big score. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know if it'll come, but I think that he can. Yep. Definitely. I think that's the caveat that we need to yeah, make. And I think I think what we did, okay, in the preseason was when we heard that Tom Mitchell went to Collingwood, we all jumped in and said, he's going to become the pig again. He's going to do this again. He's going to average this. And mm. then suddenly people, the realization came in that, oh, no, he's actually come in to play a team-focused role, which means his fantasy output is not going to be as high as previous times. There is every potential the same thing is happening with Dunkley right now. He's definitely got potential to pop those 120, 130s, 140s. There's no doubt about that. But Willie, I'm I'm not that confident. (laughs) You know, that's half the battle. Yeah, it's good. Um, I want to talk about some guys that have had some, maybe not full call to say phenomenal starts to the year, but all have had a phenomenal week or two for us. And I'm talking about the elite uber premium midfielders laird bounced back after a really quiet round one went 140 plus across the formats clary oliver couldn't have started any better if he tried okay could have had his annual 200 score but the other one would be an andy brayshaw now probably more skewed to af and dt where he's scored better over there but you could probably throw bont on the other side for super coach if you'd like to do that so you've got Three guys across the formats that I think most of us probably don't own all three, maybe own one, two probably at best. So my question to you both is this. If you have one, none, or multiple, what 
do you do and how quickly should you prioritize getting these big elite premium midfielders? Because as we have seen, um, probably more clarity universally across the formats, but certainly you could make a case for all three or four of them, that in their format, they have been worthwhile paying up to start. How urgently should non-owners prioritize getting these big elite captain premiums? This is one of the hardest things to describe in AFL fantasy supercoach dream team is when to get on to players because mm. it is it's an art. You picking the right time to jump onto a premium player, let alone the Uber premiums, which you know, those four players that you've talked about in their respective formats are you're going to want to own them at some point in the season. And chances are they're not going to get to a very achievable price. So when you have the opportunity to jump onto them, you typically need to take it. It's why moving someone like Steele to a Brayshaw or an Oliver this week is a viable strategy. Mm. Because yes, you're not only just replacing a premium with a premium, you're replacing a premium with an Uber premium who you can chuck the VC and C on every week with confidence Hmm. and for non-owners it's a scary ride when you don't own these players because if you watch you know an adelaide game a frio game a western bulldogs game a melbourne game and you don't own that player you are just hiding behind the couch every time they touch the ball because it is scary it's like people who didn't own laird at the back half of last year yeah you didn't own him every time adelaide played you could watch your live rankings for you'd watch people scream you past you in scoring. And if you know, he had a good week, you were just like, how am I getting to him next week? It was always the, it was always the question. How do I get to lead this week? How do I get to him? But we've got to be patient. Mm. If you don't own them and you don't have an easy part of them, don't rip your team apart trying to get to them. Cause you know, As we talked about at the start of this episode, you've got bigger issues to deal with. You've got the rookies that you need to fix. Then you've got the mid-prices that you might need to jump onto and injured players that you might need to move off of. The time will come. The magic number goes up. Their prices will come down despite what they average to start off the year. Chances are they'll drop a poor score at some point, Mm -hmm. stay in their price cycle for a few weeks, and there will be a time to jump on. You just have to be able to identify when that right time is based off of, you know, what their price is, what their break-even is, what their run is coming up, when their buy is. And it's an art from there. All you've got to do is just put all the information together and find the right time to jump. So MJ, I'm going to throw a name who is very, very, very in your face. But for some reason, he's under the radar right now. Okay. He's got the, possibly the worst haircut I've ever seen in my life. And I I've seen some that. bad haircuts, okay? Saligo, but Clary Dusty, Oliver's... Clary, that we could do a whole Clary podcast. Clary Oliver's Hamilton. haircut. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God, some hair. But Clary <laughs> Oliver right now, you want to know why you're going to be nervous over the next two months? Have Please. a look at their draw. Has anyone even spoken about it? Mm-hmm. Round four, he goes West Coast. Then he goes Essendon. Then he goes Richmond. Then he goes North Melbourne. Then he goes Gold Coast. And guess what? He follows that up with Hawthorne. Oh, my goodness. Now, you're going to have a very uneasy two months of football watching, especially Mm -hmm. with old mate with the terrible hair, Clary. 
if you don't actually own him through that period of time. But I yeah. haven't heard boo about Clary Oliver across most of the formats. Yeah. And I don't even think I've heard anyone actually mention the upcoming draw. Now, that draw has yeah. been around for a little while. We should mm -hmm. have actually had a, some sort of idea that it was going to come. Um, but yet I'm seeing people trading out of premiums going to mid prices and actually not even contemplating or thinking about maybe potentially bringing in Clary with that draw coming up. So going from a McRae up to a Claret as opposed to a McRae down to a Setterfield and then a, a money patch elsewhere. Yes, I don't know mm. where Claret came from, but I like it. But that was cool. Um, but yeah, you're 100% correct. Going up mm -hmm. to a Clary Oliver who has a decent run coming mm -hmm. and he could potentially average 125 across the formats for that stretch. Comfortably. Yeah, comfortably. So that's what you're looking for, yeah? And that's going to make you different to a lot of the teams out there and you've got a leg up. But Jack Steele, for instance, yeah? Mm. Jack Steele would be a perfect candidate. And I don't even want to talk McCrabe. Jack sure. Steele, you need to trade. If you own him right now, you need to trade. Mm -hmm. Please do yourself a favor and look up as well as looking down. It's good. It's good advice. Anything else there, Mini Monk, before we move on to four names, before we hit uh, the last bit of our podcast? Yeah. So when you're looking for premiums to bring in, mm. yes, we are looking at the fixture. But now is the time where we need to start considering the buy. Yeah. And it sneaks up on you quick. It's not the highest importance because still bringing in the best players at the best price points at the best time is still the right decisions to be making. But if you let it slide for too long, you can end up stacked too hard on one round. People are already worried about round 15 for the forwards. Perhaps Sheasel and Zeebel have alleviated a bit of the concerns there that defender forward DPP, which is, you know, pretty much a lock at this point. So which buy rounds can you actually target and be able to make moves on? It's the one that we spoke about all preseason and that nobody has mentioned a word of since the season's actually begun. It's that round 13 buy where there's only two teams missing. Yeah, so we've got Geelong, Stewart, who's going to be coming back off of a knee injury. Probably going to drop in price after he returns. Maybe round eight, maybe round nine, maybe round 10 will be the right time to jump onto him. Perfect time. You want to leave a space open in your defensive line to get him in because he is the one you will want to own through those bye weeks. And the other one who's not getting too much love, interrupted preseason, couple of pretty okay games for a guy who's had an interrupted preseason coming into get a pretty decent the train. Here it comes. Here comes the tuk-tuk. He is the other one that you should be targeting and pretty soon as well, because if you have a look at that Gold Coast fixture around round five, round six, it opens up nicely. And we know that Took Miller can be a top three midfielder and nothing has changed for that midfield rotation. He's still a 75%, 80% CBA guy. His time on ground's only going to increase as they increase his load coming back off of his preseason injury. So those two names are two that you should be, be tucking away in your black book, tucking away a rough round that you should be going for them, and then remembering that when it comes to, you know, round five lockout, round six lockout, round eight lockout, because those are two players that good coaches will be bringing in around that time. And I'm going to throw something out here, MJ. Please do. 
I'm going to throw McRae back into this discussion, Rodio. Very nice. He's got around 15 by. Mm-hmm. So that means he's actually got one more score over the next 12 rounds than whoever you're trading him into potentially. So at the end of the day, it may not be doom and gloom. And if he may suck and still do 100, okay, the buy rounds are the best time to trade him out because he's got the last buy round. You can trade him to anyone who's had their buy and get an additional premium score, in essence, for that trade. The last thing I want to say as well about McCray. Now, this has got nothing to do with buys. I'm just going to go off on a different tangent again. Of course, I do can. your thing. Yeah, fine. Guess what good coaches are doing when someone drops in price that's got the history of a Jackson McCray? They don't him. own him. They don't own him. They're sitting there rubbing their hands together going, you little beauty, when he bottoms out, I won't have to spend as much to get another upgrade. That's exactly what's happening. So I just wanted to make sure, by all means, trade him out, but be aware of what's happening. Very, very nice. We want to hit some Patreon questions in a moment, but there's we've mentioned a few of these guys briefly throughout the podcast, but I want to get in a sentence. It'll probably end up being a paragraph, but we'll take it anyway. Your lad's thoughts on the following players. And again, I know it might need a format breakdown, so it's probably more five paragraphs, but that's fine. <laughs> Will Day. Talk to me, Mini Monk, about Will Day. And is he a viable play across some formats? Or is there some other options we could be considering? Let's start with the obvious. Super coach, probably not. Mm-hmm. AF, definitely. Dream team if your risk appetite is right, but he's probably on the lower end of the priorities of the mid prices that people will want to move on to. Mm -hmm. And understandably so, because he is the least likely to be a keeper of the ones that people might be bringing in. Yeah. Nice. All right. Ritz, Jack Zebel. Talk to me about Jack. Jack Zebel. Yep, across the formats. Super yeah, give us coach, your format breakdown. Yeah. Super coach, he's still cheap and he's got a better history in this mm. role, potentially. Not so much the role specific, like because he he's slightly different. He's doing a bit more defending this day and age, but yeah. but he's got history. He, he's potentially going to be a premium defender in super coach because of the way that the scoring works. Mm-hmm. So I say jump on and be happy. If he can suit, don't break your structure doing so because that's going to be a bit difficult to navigate through. Okay. Dream team, I'm a pass. Mm -hmm. Um, Why is that? Because I think there's just clear options and we don't know what's to come. Okay. And I think Tom Stewart was the perfect example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Tom Stewart says he's going to be pretty much going to average the same as a Jack Zebel on Jack Zebel's good day, if not a lot better. He's he's a better player. Hmm. Um, and he's going to be cheaper. So I just think he's the one to look target, you know, in a few weeks' time, whenever the time comes. Yep. So Jack Zebel, could he potentially be a stepping stone 
Well, okay, yeah, he could, but how many mid-prices you got, how many you don't have? So AF, though, is the real interesting one. Mm-hmm. I can't touch him in AF, but I know uh, others can. Is that based on structure for you? No. Or is, okay, what's that based about? It's all based on a couple of names that I'm scared of. Aaron Hall, I'm absolutely petrified what he does <laughs> to North Melbourne. And, <laughs> and I don't think North Melbourne even know how they're going to fit in Sheasel, Zebul, Core, everyone else, and Aaron And Hall. Hall. Like, I just don't know how this works. I don't know how it looks. Plus, like, let's let's be absolutely honest, yeah? Uh, do we really expect a guy playing his first and second game of football to come out and pop 118 and 127 and not believe it's inflated at the moment? And they did win two games of football in those. Mm-hmm. So I just worry whether Zeeble's scores is inflated as well in that instance. Sure. So there's a lot of uncertainty around that. AF, I think, you know what, if you're making a move like that, it's the opportunity, it's the opportunity cost of what you could do besides that. Yeah. Okay. You could still generate cash. There's still rookies there that you've missed. You know, there's a guy like Menzi, MJ. He's yes. got a hundred, hundred and fifty thousand still left in him, does he not? Yep. Comfortably. Yes. Like so wouldn't that be an easier pathway to make 100 and 150,000 and not have the uncertainty of everything else? That's how I would go anyway. No, it's some good thoughts. I'll give you two more players. So and, was and that was that one sentence though? No, uh, about my sentences in year 7. Let's put it that way, yeah. Yeah, c- complete no full stops in there, but we got there in the end. Um we've talked about Will Setterfield a bit. But let's come back to that just to really help people because I know Mini Monkeys, he's one of the most intriguing guys that are format, structure, everybody's that not, doesn't own him is looking at ways they could consider him. So give us your final thoughts on Will Setterfield. I know it'll have different breakdowns of formats. So talk us through the thought process we should be looking if we're not a Will Setterfield owner. I'll go through it format by format. Please. Same way I did it with Day. Super coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Big jump on, contested inside midfielder. The role is there. He's going to continue to get high CBA rates. Even if he goes at 90 or 80 from here, he's still going to generate you enough coin to make 150K. And I think it's the same in DT as well. Mm-hmm. Price changes haven't happened. He's got the role. He's going to continue to score. AF is where it starts to get tricky. Mm. Yes, his break even is low. But he has had two big games in a row mm-hmm. and his price, you know, it's already up at that 700 marker. He's priced, I think, at about 83. Wow. If you see him going only at about 90 from here on forwards, the play might be to not jump on. Yeah. Because seven points of upside at this point of the year, if you're jumping onto a mid-pricer, isn't enough. And, you know, kudos to everyone who started him and got onto him last week because... Yep. You know, well, they got the 70K cash rise. Plus exactly. The and you yeah. got the, you know, 130 score last week, which is a big score to pub. He's not going to play two soft oppositions in back-to-back weeks every week. Like mm-hmm. He's not going to get Hawthorne into Gold Coast and be able to do that mm-hmm. in two weeks in a row. So if you see him only going at 90, he might be in a void. But if you see him going at, let's say, 100 marker, 
I think that's where the gray area is because if you're paying that price and he goes at a hundred for the, you know, next seven or eight weeks up until near the buyers, you've probably gone even. Yep. It's good. And then and the last that's the one, way to think about it. I really like that. Rid's last one before we hit a couple of our Patreon questions. Again, we've answered a lot of them as we've worked our way through this episode because a lot of the pain points or the discussion points from our Patreons have no doubt landed back through the things we've talked about today. Rids, Liam Stocker. Talk to me about him across the formats. The delisted blue now at the Saints across the formats probably not getting as much attention as others and maybe understandably so. I've been impressed with his past couple of weeks. What's your take on is Liam Stocker a viable play or is he just daily fantasy and draft relevant? Okay, so the first one I'll say is AFL fantasy because he's a slightly higher price bracket. Yeah, about 500k there now, yep. Yeah, he's getting to that awkward stage now. Um, Now, if he keeps the role though, I actually think he's more viable than Will Day. Mm. Okay, in AFL fantasy. So again, it's going to be more around what issues you got, what you can do, what you're going to have to spend to get to him, what who you're moving from, those sort of questions around. So I think he's absolutely viable if he keeps the same role. That's a big if because it's only two games. But there's no reason why he doesn't, yeah? Mm-hmm. Dream team and super coach however i think he's absolutely in play due to being cheaper yep is that the question yeah they're not very 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 tasty break even across the formats but his break even in dream team and super coach has gone very very under the radar there Mm -hmm. and i don't get it i don't understand why it has gone under the radar do people just not look uh, no, they just fall in love with one option and they don't look at all options. It's back to that conversation about McRae. They see, oh, this is my way to get Setterfield and my way to get Dacos and I'm away. And they don't consider all the variables of what they could be doing. So this is why is- people have to explore every opportunity and every option rather than just exploring one option mm. and then talking and focusing on one all the time and we we're guilty of doing that as a community aren't we sure. we've what did we do round one mj we spoke about rory laird mm-hmm. what happened round two yeah, round two bananas. he came out and went bananas what are we doing round two mj are we talking about McRae on, are we do we're talking bit. about mccray are we yeah, i didn't realize haven't yeah. didn't even mention his name today not once in the pod and what? What's going to happen when he comes out and pops next, like on Thursday? We're going to be forgot that again. And who's it going to be next week? Is it going to be, let's just say, uh, Dawson? Let's say Mills, okay? Mills. Whoever it is, okay? Throw a name in the hat. And are we going to learn ever from the past experiences the week before? No. <laughs> no. definition of insanity no. i was just going to say one one last Please. one i don't think it's quite the same in super coach but in dream team his break even it's the fifth lowest in the game fifth lowest the only four that are above him are the four rookies that everyone probably should own in shizu mm-hmm. constable chandler and jinbi so yeah you really need to be looking at him there. 
It's almost like we meant that to happen. Uh, let's hit some of our Patreon questions. Of course, if you love what you've got from the coaches panel throughout the 2023 preseason into the season proper over the past few years for just a couple of dollars a month. Uh, it helps us do everything we do here at the coaches panel, bringing you podcasts and articles. All MJ, of the time. I've yes. always had a problem with how you say that because you say yes. for only a couple we should yes. be promoting them spending more on us, mate. Well, you can join the premium tier for 10 bucks a month and you get an extra podcast a week and a bunch of other things. But I'm saying for as little as $2, <laughs> you can still get stuff. Trying to help people cost the living crisis, Ritz. Um, <laughs> trying to help people. But yeah, the $10 one is absolutely... Mate, I'm just thinking one. of your hair product. That's all. Oh, here we go. <laughs> the, the amount of people the last Friday uh, live stream we did on Facebook that decided to comment on the hair, I was like, oh, now I know who's listened to the podcast this week because I've clearly <laughs> made comments on that. So thank you, Ritz. Uh, appreciate the, the best that. hair in any AFL podcaster, right? Oh my gosh, we're not doing this crap. It's right up there. Oh my <laughs> uh, we'll get we'll get uh, the Phantom to do a, a countdown in the preseason. The best hair of fantasy content creators. I'll send him a text after this. We'll make it happen. Uh, let's hit our Patreon questions, please. Join the Patreon supporter group. Support my hair. Is that is that the pitch you'd rather? Yeah, with? I think uh, that's the way to go. Okay, that's what we're going with from there. All right, let's hit some of these. Uh, JP Fam Three uh, has got a great question for us. Uh, he's in Supercoach. He's wanting to trade into LDU, but his concern is, is he trading into a tag with McGuinness and the Hawks this week? Mini Monk, your take? Yes, <laughs> he is tagging into a tag. Yeah. But that's not the question you should be asking. It's good. The question you should be asking is, can LDU be a top 10 midfielder in Supercoach for the rest of the year? And is this the cheapest price that I will buy him at for the rest of the year. And there is a world where both of the answers to those questions are yes. And so that's what you need to be considering because if he drops an 80 this week, then, you know, so be it. But he's still going up in price because of what his break even is. And if he goes 120 and 120 again the next two weeks after that, he's still going to be a top eight midfielder. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout out. I think uh, Tim Mitchell, I think, put on Twitter the other day that pretty much since round seven last year, he's gone like 113. So the breakout yeah. happened last year. It's just we're getting the pricing benefit at, at this point in time in the year. Uh, a couple of guys uh, have given us some 50-50 questions. So, Rids, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, Jamie has a question. He said, I've nailed the cows in AFL Fantasy. My only real issue is Young, but I love the Eagles matchup this week. So these are the two trades he suggested. The Poo down to Jones. Uh, that is Arthur Jones, by the way. Uh, and he's then wanting to move McRae up to one of the Uber mids that he doesn't have in Laird, Brayshaw or Clary. Your take on that trade scenario from Jamie Ritz. What's the format? Uh, that's AF. He's nailed the cows, according to him, so we don't know the rest. So we'll assume he's nailed the cows. He's wanted to drop Poo to Jones and then be able to McRae up to one of the Uber 3 mids. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't sit right, MJ, because we're trading at a rookie with the greatest job security. And I know we're looking like and then but we're doing it the right way i've just told people look up okay from mm. mccray if you're going to trade him. yeah and that's what jamie's suggesting so yeah. it doesn't quite feel right on the second half of it 
but mm. I'm okay with the outcome of the first one and the benefit of the points and the fact that maybe someone just doesn't want to own and watch McRae play anymore. Yep, and and of preference over the three Clary. that he said. Clary of the three. Okay, great. No problem at all. Uh, next one for you, uh, Toby. Weren't got you listening? A- MJ, I just spent five, <laughs> 15 minutes answering a one-sentence answer for you. I was and doing my hair. About what do you Clary. expect I was doing? All right, and fine. Weren't you listening? Like, no, it's I was doing Clary. my hair. Okay, Go get fine. Clary. All right. <laughs> Toby's got a question for you. Uh, second last one, Mini Monk Supercoach question. Uh, it's, Toby said he's doing a boost this week. Three players in, three players out. Out, Ridley, Chesser, and Hopper. In, Dacos, Chandler, Setterfield. Your take? Oh, Hopper out. Is there another way is what I'm going to say because, yes, he's out this week and we didn't really talk about it too much during this podcast, but he went 119 on the weekend. He came back onto the field after he had his knee trapped which means that, you know, he's missing this week, but the club is pretty confident that he's going to play round four. He's already got a low break even. I'd really try to find another way to get to, because I think what he's trying to do here is go hopper to Setterfield. And I'm, I, I have listened to a few other people talk about it and a few other people are a bit more bullish on going hopper to Setterfield because of the fact that he's missing this week. I am much less confident in that, but I do think that you should be getting to Setterfield in some way or another. So I would look for another pathway and not use Hopper. Yep, some good advice. All right, and then the final question, Wayne Haywood has say, said this. I don't know the format, Rids, um, but McGrath to Stocker to pocket 250K to fix up Darcy. What's your take? Is that a good move? Again, I don't know the format. Wayne hasn't given me yeah, that, Rids. No, but forget the format, okay? The format's just that we don't even need to know the format on this one. Have you looked at the draw this week? Like McGrath's playing the Saints, Darcy's playing the Eagles. Like, Couldn't be better. Come on, guys. Like, let's look at the draw. Make sure that the matchups are friendly enough to trade out of these guys because that's why you would have started them. Yep. 100%. Some good advice uh, from both your lads throughout this episode. Uh, as always, Mini Mike, a pleasure. Well done from you again. Thank you very much. And not so bad from the, the best hair in the business oh, either. It's stuffed, mate. Uh, not <laughs> bad from you, too. <laughs> it's who. I, is there any hair in this? Anyway, we're not. Well done to you, Ritz. Thanks again, as always, my friend. Mate, you could be in the other category of the the S that ends in hit category hair. So I'm glad I'm not in that. But you're category. not. I'm not you're in actually quality. Hair. I appreciate this. Uh, all right, lads. Uh, thank you for your fine work throughout this podcast. Uh, if you want to go back and check other podcasts wherever you've found yourself listening to this one or download it from. You can go back and get those podcasts as well. There's articles dropping all the time at coachespanel.tv. You can go and check that out, including the break evens. So if you haven't paid for the assistant coach or the gold, we've got those really big break evens. You can go and check them out for you as well. And of course, our Patreon support.
supporter group for just a few dollars a month, or you can do the $10 a month premium tier, as Rids has suggested. Uh, you can help support the coaches panel and get some additional great content pieces, articles, and a bunch of other stuff. All the details are actually in the link of this description. You can find that. As we head into round three, we wish you all the best. We hope you nail your captains. Hope Rookie Roulette goes your way. And until we chat to you next week for our strategy podcast, we hope you have a fantastic round of fantasy footy. Give it a roll, now keep-